As I'm talking today, I'm, I'm speaking on something that I think is, I think, as much for me as it is for you, if I could, if I could say that. And I, so I'm hearing these words, even as I was like putting all these things together and studying and doing some, when I ran across some of the scriptures that referred to Jesus being a river of life, that's river, and, and the river that he's talking about is a river that is a, a life source that brings life to all that it touches. And I'm thinking, I need Jesus to touch me this morning. I need Jesus to touch me this morning. Oh, yeah, more response back there. But that's okay. And I'm hoping that we, we are on the same page because a river runs through you. Hello? A river runs through you. I'm going to read this passage from John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and it's a quote that, well, it's Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so many times Jesus' statements come from conflict. That's a whole sermon in itself, but I'm not going to deal with that. But he makes this statement that is coming from a conflict. There's many that were, that he was, that were having discussions about him, with him in, being present, how do we know who you are? How do we believe that you say who you are? Show us evidence. Give us proof. I'm not sure if we can accept this, this grandiose uh, proclamation that you are the Son of God, that you are the Son of Man, that you are cr the Christ come for us. How do we know this? And so there's this conflict. There's people that believe and there's people that don't. There's people that are, are hearing and receiving and there's people that are not. And this is everywhere Jesus went, this, there was this conflict. And this is another one of those places. And this was during the feast, these, the fall feast, which we are in right now in this moment, in this time in our, in our um, uh, calendar year. John chapter 7, starting in verse 7, 37, it says this. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So in the midst of conflict, he says, if you're thirsty, come to me. I'm the answer. Everything that this points to, all these feasts that they point to, this God moving, God doing, God, we look back at what God did, how he provided, how he moved. And we celebrate these days, these feast days, and I'm not going to get into the details of them because it's, I, I just don't have that time this morning. But they're all pointing to God being the almighty provider, almighty protector, almighty of everything that they are. And he says, it's me. I'm right here. I'm right here. If anyone's thirsty, come and drink of me. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been yet glorified. So you can see what Jesus is doing here. And we were able to look back and see it a little more clearly. But as it was happening, this was like, what is happening here? People were getting like, wow. This is what all of Scripture is talking about. Here he is right in front of us. 
He's right in front of us. And, and yet we are in this time and place. So I'm going to talk to us here. We are in this time and place and space where we're able to look back and clearly see that Jesus is the answer. He's the Messiah. He's, he's that which has come for us to not only have life, get life, but be saved. We, we, Jesus is the only way. Our salvation is in him and only in him. No other way can a man get saved except through Jesus. Uh, any works that we could do. And so it, it might be really important to really not only identify that and really proclaim that. Because we might think and we, we, we could easily kind of tilt this other way that says, you know, if I, if I stay true to my marriage, that could be my salvation. If I, if, I, if I work really hard and I save up enough money to retire, that could be my salvation. Now, we, mo- we won't say those words, but so much of our effort gets put into those things that are important and they're really good. And that yet Jesus is saying, I'm right here in front of you. Put everything into me. And all those other things will work out. A good job, a good marriage, if, if a good job is... is is a thing. I think it is anymore. I know a good marriage is. Uh, 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 maybe, maybe raising up good kids. Maybe that's a salvation, huh? That's challenging these days, isn't it? Yeah. I, and Robin and I feel like we did a pretty good job, but we still like, we look back at something and we're like, wow, we really screwed that one up. I'm not referring to any one of my kids, by the way. I got two in the room, and I think two others listen to the podcast. They tell me they do, but I don't think they do. I don't. I'll get a text. Dad, I do listen. Like, like okay. I want to hit some things real quick, and, and I, I think there's some really good stuff for, from the Lord today for us as, as a solid encouragement um, the phrase that Jesus makes, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I think it has a few obvious implications, and I want to hit a few of them right, right now. Said, And these I wrote down. It says, this life water that he's referring to is free and offers, is offered to anyone in need. In fact, that's the only requirement The only condition to receive life water is to need it. It's free. It's offered to anyone in need. And even as I look in this room and as everybody walked in and we're, I was just looking and and asking the Lord to show me like how each of us are in a, we really truly are in a desperate place of need of life water this morning. And I'm, like I said, this is, Probably more for me than it is for you. So um, let's do this together. The only condition is to need. And it's offered free. That's the obvious implication. And here's another one. is That every soul has a desire for God in their life. Just as the body is, des- is in desperate need for water, the soul has a desperate need for for the life of God. Your soul, the, the, the design of you, your makeup has a desperate need for God life in it. Hello? Just as this physical body, if you've ever tried to go without water for even any amount of time, I mean, we're talking even a day, 
Your physical body will, will react. Hello? Has that ever happened to you at all? Has anybody ever tried that for one day? One day to just go without water. I do not recommend it. That's not a part of a preachy sermon. That's not what God is saying. But if you have done it, your body in the evening, at night, probably in the middle of the night, will wake you up and let you know that you have done it wrong. Hello? Yeah, yeah. We're talking it'll cramp up. You'll get a migraine. You'll do, all these things will take place in your body. I mean, and, and it's, honestly, it's a little too late. I'm not going to say you're going to die, because you won't. You just need to get that. You need to get hydrated. But... Your body is saying to you, you need water. Hello? And, and, and it's happened to me. I've, I've, I think I've done it, or maybe it's not that I haven't done any water. I just didn't get enough for how much I exerted or how much, I, how much output. Because honestly, <laughs> if you, if, I'm a sweaty beast. Underneath this beautiful, like, glowy skin is, it's not a fire. It's not, I, I, I kid you not, I leave the bed in the morning and Robin's like, oh my gosh, you got to turn up the air conditioner, turn the fan off because the heater has just left the room. And all of a sudden she goes from being like, I can't, you get, you're too hot. To where when I leave, she's like, it's freezing. Like, there's that much heat that comes off of, I don't know why. It just does. It's not pretty. But our bodies is like our soul. Our soul is like our body. It's, it, it, our, there's a desperate need for God. And here's another obvious implication. Jesus is our soul's satisfying source of life. Just as water is to the body, Jesus is our soul's satisfying source of life. There's a few, few other observations about this phrase that Jesus made, which is, let him come to me and drink. So listen to this one. Jesus is what we drink. So he says, come to me and drink. Jesus doesn't just have what our soul needs. He is exactly what our soul needs. He is what our soul needs. Did you hear that? See, we, sometimes we come to God, we come to Jesus, like, you have what I need. And, and we don't realize that he is what we need. I don't know if that was proper English, but, that, but it sounded weird as it came out of my mouth. But he is what we need. And he is offering himself freely. Wow. I mean, I'm just so overwhelmed with just thanks and gratefulness and his grace because... To think that the creator of everything, all things that exist, including ourselves, is offering himself to his creation, you and I, his prized creation, to come to him and say, just take from me, Give, come, from, come to me. I have everything you need. I am everything you need. If you just will simply drink. And this is another obvious implication, or, or actually it's not even an implication, it's an observation. Your soul can drink. Did you know that? Your soul can consume. 
your soul actually is a product of you, a part of you, an, a, 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 an entity of you, if you will. It's you that consumes, it eats, it drinks, it takes in. And he says, your soul is thirsty for me. And it can drink. So you feed your soul. So there's this obvious, again, um, observation. You are responsible for your soul's nourishment. Hello? Hello? Okay. A little bit. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's getting a little better. We are responsible. You are responsible. I am responsible for my soul's nourishment. And then this last one I think is good. And then we're going to get on to some other good points that I want to talk about. Jesus directly correlates believing in him to drinking him. Or if you want to reverse it, he says, come to me and drink. Those who believe in me. He's, he's correlating that directly. That consuming him is what it means to believe in him. Because so, so what, really it takes, it takes Christianity to a, a level that is more than just a cognitive uh, um, uh, acknowledgement that Jesus is alive or Jesus is real or Jesus is God. It's drinking him in, taking him in. Um, and that's important for us to understand. In fact, it, interesting, as I, as I was typing this out in my notes, it caught my attention. I, 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 I kid you not, it happened this morning. I was typing this out. My iPad auto-corrected the word believing to be living. And I stopped myself, and I was like, that's not right. And I was like, whoa, maybe that is more right than I am. My iPad's smarter than me. And I thought, and I just thank God because I'm like, God, thank you. That was really cool. I didn't, I didn't even have to. That was like a, an accident, and God did it. Like, be living. And that's really like, isn't that what he's talking about? He's, he's talking about you, your life source is in me. It, and when you drink of me, you be living, right? I don't know if that's just like, a, I might have taken that a little too far. Sorry about that. So what if the kingdom of God is more than my frame can handle? <laughs> Did you hear that? Jesus is offering, he's invited us into his kingdom. Come, I invite you into my kingdom. Believe in me, drink of me. What if this kingdom is more than this frame can handle? Hello? Don't you realize that's part of the required condition to be in need, right? So, yes. It's more than this can handle. So to accept the invitation is to enter into, get into the river of life. He is the river. He is the river. So, and I want to encourage you to do this if you can. I know we're getting late into the uh, summer season, if you will, if we're actually almost beyond it. We went uh, camping about a month and a half ago or so, I can't remember, on the American River, took our, Robin and I took our five granddaughters, 
encamped on a camp spot site that was right smack on the river. Yeah, it was exciting, to say the least. But there were many moments, so I'm just going to share with you some stuff that took place in this camping trip. The American River in Coloma is, is a, the river there is, is quite chilly still. Uh, the river there flows very fast, and it's, uh, it's, it's to be respected. So we, we were camping on the river. Of course, the girls, they, they had life jackets on almost 24-7. And, and uh, so they were safe. And, but there were so many moments and so many times that I, you know, I even took the girls like one at a time fishing right there, uh, right, right by off of our campsite. And it was a lot of fun. Or at least I, I had fun. And I don't know. We did catch a little crawdad that was pretty cool. But, but uh, um, what, the thing that I noticed and the thing that it struck me, and this is what I want to encourage you to do, is take a moment in, when we're... When we're right next to something that is, maybe that we don't really understand, like the fullness of what it is, to just really sit and, and, and listen to the Holy Spirit and ask God to speak to you. And I, I know He does, because I know He does, because He does if we really look, stop and listen, and just not get caught up in other stuff that's going on, people floating down the river and stuff. But So here's what took place. And I, it was really a neat thing because as I was looking at this river, at one point, I think I was sitting, maybe just listening and watching and listening, and of course, we're camping with girls, little girls, and so that was a constant, a constant uh, thing. And, um, but I was awestruck at how awesome this river is, and not only awesome, but how how powerful the river is. And this is, it's, and the American River is a good, it's a, it's a nice river. It's not no little stream or ravine that we have here, which is, I, I think the ravine is fantastic, but it's, this is a, this is a, a fast flowing, uh, people go white water rafting down this river. I still can recall back when I was in high school, me and some friends, we went up, we went up to, I think there's the North Fork or way up out of Auburn, out of Cool there, and we decided, let's go rafting down the river. Woohoo! Yeah, we've got an inner tube. I mean, a little inner tube. My butt barely fit in. And that was it. I don't even think they made life jackets back in that, 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 that long ago. So we, and I remember still to this day, it was I, before I had known Jesus. Jesus had known me, or he knew me all along, but I didn't have, say yes. I haven't accepted him yet. And... I was floating along with my buddies and my friends, and, and we were in this, I was in this tiny little tube, and we were just having a good time. We weren't doing anything illegal or stupid, just floating down the river. And uh, came across this, like, like man, this like downfall thing and, and rapids, and, and, and all of a sudden, boom, my friend, I, my, my, I noticed my, 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 my best friend was stuck in this, like, it's, it was, I don't know what you call it, where the water comes over a rock, and and there's, a, there's an undertow current that he could not get out of. He was stuck there. What's that? It was like a whirlpool, but it was even worse because it was not whirling or pooling. It was just sucking. I guess that's what a whirlpool does. Anyway, so I, get, I come up upon him, and I boom, I bump him. I knock him loose, and he's free to go. Guess what? I'm not. Now I'm stuck in this thing, and I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I, guess I can't move. I can't do anything. It's like, it won't let me go. It would not let me go. 
and I'm trying to get away, trying to find something. There's nothing to push off. So finally, like, ugh, I struggle, and boom, I come out of the tube. And I kid you not, this happened, and this is, I think this was a God thing. And if I haven't shared this story with you, you might, probably might have heard it because it was part of my testimony is that God is always there, even when we don't acknowledge him. I swear, I looked up, and that tube was as high as the ceiling. And that's how far down I was. I, I, I kid you not, I'm, I'm not making that up. And that's what it looked like to me. Like it was that far up. And I was going down, getting sucked down. And I just, I, all I did was like, I don't know. I'm just, well, here we go. And I just reached up. And I don't know what happened. My arms went like 10 feet long. Because I was able to grab that tube somehow and pull myself up into it. And somehow get back on that tube. It was a total act of God before I ever knew God. So rivers are powerful. I have, a, I have the utmost respect for rivers. And in this, because I have a history with them, I guess you could say. So when I was experiencing this river this last time in the camping trip, and the awesomeness of how this river was so powerful... So powerful. At one time, I got in the kayak with my oldest granddaughter, Jordan. She's 10 now. And we said, uh, and I told her, I said, let's go down. We'll, we'll start up here. We'll go down and we'll get out there where the campsite ends and we'll, we'll uh, um, just pull the kayak back up. And she's like, okay. But she was scared because I have a two person kayak. She was in the front and I was in the back and I was doing all the steering and, and, and directing and, and, uh, we were in this one point of this river where our, I saw our campsite. We were going by it. I said, oh, let's go try to go by it. And as we were trying to go by it, the river was, was way too powerful. And I was trying my hardest. I was trying to actually like row against the current in this kayak. And, and she, she all of a sudden started to panic like, Papa, no, we're going to die. We're going to die. I'm like, we're not going to die. We're just not going to make it to where we want to go. And sure enough, we, and I was like, oh, well, it's okay. It's okay. Just relax. Trust me. We're going to get through it. It's okay. We won't die. I promise. She had a life jacket on. So I pretty, was pretty confident. But because I said this is where I wanted to go. But here's the thing. The river would not let us go where I wanted to go. It took me where it took me. And I had to go with it. And find another safe spot to get out. And then another, even another thing, my sister, was, she came and joined us in the camping trip. She decided, her and her son, wanted to go down this, in the, on the same kayak, down the same river. And she actually, this happened to her. She's, I don't need a life jacket. It's like, no, Robin said, you need a life jacket. So you see those people? They're going in kayaks. They got life jackets and helmets on. It's like, you need a life jacket. Oh, it's going to be fine. I could swim. Sure enough, she comes back. Oh, my gosh, I almost died. The, the river had taken the kayak and flipped it upside down. Like, and she was underneath it. She doesn't know how long. She said, I don't know how long. All of a sudden, I, don't, I couldn't get out from under it. it was, I was stuck. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we, I got out from under it miraculously. And she said, there was people standing on the riverbank, and they were applauding. Like, they thought that she was dead. They saw it happen. 
I didn't see it happen, thankfully. I was like, oh my gosh, this, is, this river is scary to be respected. So with all that being said, here's where I want us to go this morning because I feel like there's, there's something that's taken place in our lives, in our culture, in our society, and us as Christians that he's inviting us into his kingdom, into this river he says, There's this, I am a river. I am the river of life, and I am inviting you in. I'm inviting you in. But you've got to get in. You've got to get in the river. Okay. I'm going to read Ezekiel 47 because it's such a good passage. But before I do, I want us to consider something. Um, how many of you understand, and I know we all do, that water has this play on our physiological body? Like, um, your, your, your temperature of your body is, is what? 98 degrees. The only thing that out there that has that temperature is, is uh, spas, you know, uh, hot tubs. So... A river, I have not yet, and I'm pretty sure there's not one in the entire world that runs at 98 degrees. No. Do you know what it runs at usually? Probably about 40 or 50 degrees, right? So here's what happens with a river. It's cold. It's aggressive. It's powerful. It's unknown. And he's inviting us into the river of life, his river. And it, see, his river isn't a 98-degree slow-rolling vacation river. We want a lazy river. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is a lazy river. You go sunsplash. I think theirs is probably about 75, maybe 80 degrees. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. We want... I might, I might just have to go with there for a second. We want Christianity to be, and following Jesus, to be a lazy river. Oh, don't we? Come on. Honestly, we do. Honestly, we do. I mean, look at what you guys all, how we reacted to taking a table away. I was awestruck. It like, wow. It, it, it's because we, we like our comforts. So, so we'll get to the river of God, the river of life, and we'll put our feet in. Oh, yeah. That's comfortable. That feels good, doesn't it? Cold water on the feet feels good. It's refreshing. Hello? Come on. You got to come with me. Come with me. Because we're, we're, this is where we're at. And when we, we, get to, we get to like even like, oh, that feels so good. might even find a little rock to sit on so I can just sit here and bathe in the sun and Stick my feet in the water. Oh, it feels nice. And yeah, it might get a little daring. Might take out, take a couple steps and get it up to my knees, you know. Oh, then it starts feeling like, oh, this is like, oh, it's kind of cold, chilly a little bit. I might have to make sure my footing is good so I don't slip and fall, right? But then there's that next level. Come on. There's that next level. And you know where it is, right? I'm just going to point it out as an adult. It's right here. Right here. The loins to here. 
Hello? You get that stuff in the water, this area, and all of a sudden, whoo, it changes, doesn't it? It went from relaxing and peaceful and a little bit to like, I got to catch my breath, right? Come on. That's what Jesus is inviting us into because that's where getting in means. Getting in the river is means you're getting your loins in there. I mean, the, the stuff that matters, all the organs, all the organs, all the way through. And when you get that in, that's when you're in the river. And in the river is where the life happens. And, and when you're in that place, in that space where you're up this high, the river is taking you. Now your footing is just to keep you from going down where your head's going down. You're just like, whoo, now you're just bobbing down the river, Right? Come on, you guys with me? Because that's where we need to go. That's what he's inviting us into. His kingdom is an invitation to come into something, and it's a river that takes you as he leads you. Not to where we tickle our feet in there, and it's nice and comfortable. I, I love comfort. Believe me, I love comfort. You guys, I could preach on comfort for probably weeks upon weeks because we love it. But it's not where God has called us to. He's called us to get in the river, get in the water, enter into his kingdom. And a lot of times it's a a little uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable. So I'm going to hit some things, but I'm going to read Ezekiel chapter 47. And this is about 12 verses. Actually, it is. You guys with me still? I should do water. Starting in verse 1, this is a a vision. It said, then he brought me back to the door of the temple. This is for Ezekiel. And behold, water, listen to this. Listen to this vision. Water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. So basically out the front door. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around to the outside and the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side, going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand. The man measured a thousand cubits and then led me through the water. It was ankle deep. (laughs) Comfortable, huh? Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee deep. Oh, it's getting a little, little dicey. Again, he measured another thousand, led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Huh, that's, where it gets, that's where it gets real. Again, he measured another thousand, and it, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, son of man, this one, this, I don't know why this phrase just like, wow, have you seen this? <laughs> oh, do you hear what he's saying there? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, uh, have you seen what God is doing? Are your eyes open to see how God is moving, how God is flowing, how God is actually coming into our world, our presence, our space, and invading it and taking it over? God is alive, and he's on the move. We talked about faith being a movement last week. This is the movement. God is moving, and he's moving us, his people. 
So when the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. Do you hear what? He, okay, oh, okay, all right. Man, just when it's getting good. Oh, that was fast one. Good, thank you. Okay, so when the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh, and wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be. Very many fish, for this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so everything will live wherever the water goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engadi to Eneglim, and it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But listen to this, and then he inserts this. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are left, they are, they are to be left for salt. You hear what he just said there? Did you catch that? Any place where the river does not go and flow through is left dead. Every place that the river touches comes alive. And wherever the river does not flow is left for dead. What, is, what was Jesus' invitation? A river of life will flow through you. Ha, come on, let's get into this. This is good stuff. And on verse 12, and on the banks on both sides of the river, there will, be, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for the food and their leaves for the healing. And, and it translates healing of the nations for all peoples. So here's where I'm at today, and this is where I want us to, to just camp out for a minute, the next few minutes, is for us to understand and really accept and realize that Jesus is offering us an invitation for his life to flow through us. Let the Holy Spirit, because that's what he says, it's, this is referring to the Holy Spirit flowing. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and take you. This is a strong encouragement. Don't let anything stop you from entering into the river of life, which is his presence. The filling of the, very, of the Holy Spirit, him very, his self. Don't let anything get in the way, anything stop you. Don't you put anything in the way, and don't you let anything get in your way to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you freely, to bring life to everything that you touch, everything that every room you walk in, His life is flowing in you and, and through you. Okay, this is, this is who we are. This is who we're called to be. So let's, let's identify and get the stuff out of the way right now. I'm going to go through a quick short list. Let us identify that which could be stopping us from flowing in this river, from stepping into the river, from letting the river flow through us. Because remember, this river is uncomfortable. This river is uncomfortable. Get in anyway. Hello? The river of life that Jesus is offering 
is uncomfortable. Get in anyway. Whoever promised you or told you that once you, get, once you say yes to Jesus, your life is going to be full of peace and joy and all these good things. Peace and joy are a good thing, but they come with trouble. To get to patience, we have to have trouble. There's a little bit of discomfort. Get in anyway, and you'll find rest. The river could be uncomfortable. Get in anyway, and you will find rest. This river is unpopular. It's not what everybody's doing. I'm still confused over what hipsters are, but I'm thinking maybe this isn't what hipsters do. They don't get in the river. Or maybe they do get in the river. I can't, I can't figure it out. Whatever, in other words, don't consider what everybody else is doing as the way to go. Go as God leads you, God directs you, and God empowers you. Get in the river anyway, and you'll find true purpose. The fear of man and the fear of people looking at you funny or judging you a certain way will always keep you, will always be a snare, will always trip you up. I still distinctly remember the very day, the very moment, the very place I could drive by that, 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 the dorm rooms that's on Sierra College Boulevard there, the actual college, where I was, I was laying in bed in the Sierra College dorm at the football camp where I gave my life to Jesus. And that very night, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, this will cost you everything. It will cost you all of your friends, even your family, but do it anyway. And I was, I was challenged and I was tested at that very moment to say, yes, I'm getting in all the way anyway. And I did it because I knew that it was real and I knew that it's what my soul was longing for. And I didn't even know it until that very night, until he showed me, this is what your soul needs, here's the answer. That was so cool, like to show me everything all at once. I didn't realize I needed Jesus, didn't even know who Jesus was, didn't know that I needed a, a heavenly father that actually loved me. I knew that my life sucked. I did, I knew that. I didn't know why. And he told me why. And then he showed me here. <laughs> Get in anyway. Amen? And you'll find peace. Wait, no, you'll find purpose. This river is scary. It's unknown. How many of you don't like the water at all? Come on. Like you don't like any sort of lake, river, pond. Why? It's because you can't see what's below you, right? Almost all of you will say that. They say, I don't like the water. I don't like getting in it. The ocean, the river, the lakes. Because I don't know what's down there. Right? All of my kids, like, they, they don't like, like, get me a snorkel and I'm going down to check it out. I'm ex- I, I love snorkeling. I love, you know, I, that's like, I will go down and figure it out and I don't care. I just like, I like it. I think it's fun. It's exciting. There's so much mystery and there's, a, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, what's that? River monsters. <laughs> He said he's watched too many episodes of River Monsters. Hey, you know what? When I was seven, I watched, my uncle took me to see Jaws, the movie, the first one. And I swear I had nightmares every night of that shark coming down, getting up out of the ocean in Lincoln, California, where I lived, where he lived at that time, out there off Muhammad Lane on Wise Road. That shark was going to make it and get into my bedroom and come in and eat me. 
I, I kid you not, I don't know how many nights I would wake up screaming because Jaws was coming to eat me. But I still to this day, will, I, will, I love going snorkeling. It's like one of my, like I, even Robin's like, okay, if we go on a vacation somewhere, what day are you going to go and just do your thing? I'm like, I, I don't know, but I'm going to do it because I got to do it because I love snorkeling. It's my favorite thing to do. But it is scary because we don't know. The unknown, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to promise you, is a place of peace when it's in God. When we're, when we're in the river of life and in his presence and in his purpose, there's so much peace because we're in him and he loves us. He loves us. He's not will leave us. He will not abandon us. He will not forsake us. The river will take everything I've worked hard for. Hmm. Get in anyway. And you will find, I promise you this, so much more that you could ever attain on your own. And, I, and, and if I had went around the room and asked for testimonies, you all would have one. What I thought was holding me back, what I thought that God wouldn't do if I did this, I found that he did way more than ever I could ask or imagine. And when we get in the river of life, that's exactly what he does. See, the enemy wants to keep us at bay. He wants to keep us on a safe shoreline with just our feet dangling in just a little bit and then calling ourselves Christians because I got my feet in this water. And he's saying, no, that's not what following me looks like. It looks like you in it and you flowing with me as the current. This river expects me to change to be accepted in. See, here's the thing is so many of us We'll stay out of the presence of God. Why? Because we feel, I've lived a life of too much shame. In fact, I'm ashamed of myself. That's why I don't, I don't, I won't, in fact, I won't let you say that word of anybody, of any person. Shame on you is not something that Christians should say to anybody. Because in our own minds, we're hearing that voice. That doesn't need to be verified by somebody else's voice. The truth is, the truth is this, is that when we get in the river of life, it's the very river of life, the very source of life that actually, actually changes us and alters us in his image to what he has for us. See, the things that we think that we got to do and the things that we think that we got to be and we got to change before he'll love us is a lie from the devil because it's just keeping us from getting in the river of life where the source of life flows through us. And if we're, where change needs to take place, God is perfectly capable of letting you know and doing it. Hello? Our minds make messes of ourselves. Hello? So if we can't encourage one another to just say, just trust Jesus. <laughs> How simple is that? Let's just trust Jesus to do the changing that needs to be changed. But you know what? I did this and I did that and I did all those things that, that are so horrible and they're not accepted and nobody, and if anybody knew this as that I did this stuff before I became a Christian, nobody would like me. Nobody would accept me. Everybody would shun me. Like, that's a bunch of garbage. That's a lie. Because if we go around the room, all of us have done stuff that we didn't, that we were ashamed of. 
Get in the river anyway. Get in the river anyway. And you will find unconditional love. Unconditional love. That moment that God showed me unconditional love is a moment I will never forget. And it's a moment I hold on to so much of my life in trusting God and following God because it's that moment that there was full-on acceptance, full-on reception. The invitation, see, the invitation, he doesn't invite us to say, ah, let me check your qualifications still. I don't know. Maybe that was, maybe I missed you on that one. Maybe, maybe that invitation was for some other Eric Long. And he said, no, it's for you, directly for you. Here's the last one, and, and, I, and I'm really, and then I'm going to read another passage of Scripture, and I'll be done. Because this is what will keep us. The river of life, it's boring. Basically, I'm just enjoying my own sin. I'm having a good time. Why would I get in that water, and then I can't go sin anymore? I can't live that life anymore. I can't do those things. I can't sleep with all those people. I can't, you know, steal, cheat, steal, cheat, lie, and do these things that, that I like doing. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you get in the water, you will find truth because all those are lies. They're false promises and lies. You will find truth because he is the way, the truth, the life. In Isaiah 41, this is really good. This is really good. Isaiah 41, this is, I believe, what Jesus was referring. There's many passages. He said, because when he says, come to me, all who are thirsty, and I will give you water. He said, as the scriptures declare, as the scriptures say, there's so many scriptures, and I'm just, I just picked out one from Ezekiel, Isaiah, there's Isaiah 58, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a whole bunch. There's in Psalms, talk about the river of life, river, the river of God flowing through us, him being the source of our life. But this is another one in Isaiah 41, starting in verse 17. So said, when the poor and needy search for water, and there is none... And their tongues are parched from thirst. Then I, the Lord, will answer them. The God of Israel will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the, fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. I will plant trees in the barren desert, cedar, Acadia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. I am doing this. I am doing this. All the while, all, so all who see this miracle will understand what it means that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created it. Amen? Amen. Last phrase, I get the worship team to come up here because this is, and then we'll pray. You see, God doesn't want more or less of you. He just wants all of you. God wants all of you to get in the river. And when you get in, he becomes everything that you ever need everything that you could ever ask or desire let us pray
Father, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit that's flowing in us and through us, giving us life. And that's what we ask, and we ask this, and we come humbly before you, declaring ourselves really in desperate need, in desperate need. Our soul is thirsty and longing for you to flow through us that your life source would bring a life source to others. And as your life source flows through me and through each and every one of us that just simply get in and surrender and say, Lord, here I am, all of me. Whatever the cost is, (laughs) the benefit far outweighs it. Because being in your river, the river of life, Everything, everything, everything is answered. Everything is, becomes true. All your truths become mine. All your promises are so precious. And they belong to us as your children. And that's truly where we can be that which is needed in our community, our family, our neighborhood, our country, our city. The life source that brings glory to you, that all would see that it is you doing it in us and through us. In Jesus' name, do your work in us and through us. Flow, river, flow. Flow, river, flow. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.